welcome to another episode of Almighty Podcast. This is Adam. And this is Atkins. And we appreciate you tuning back in. We got another fun episode planned for you. And this time I did all the planning. So if it really sucks, you know who to complain about. <laughs> yeah, this is the best kind of episode for me because Adam is like, hey, I want to do a conspiracy episode. I'll look them all up. And you can't really like prep for that. It's just whatever you've already seen. Uh, so it's just like, all right, well, just let me know when you want to do the thing. And yeah. I guess I guess we'll get exposed for not knowing anything. I have a current uh, a bet going on in the in the Discord right now. I don't know if anybody has actually placed uh, any bets because I haven't looked. But uh, I said that the title of this one is going to be the one where we get exposed for knowing nothing. <laughs> You've said that so many times, though, in the course of AMP. <laughs> and so far, that has not been the case. We know quite a bit about My Hero. I think it, we shock ourselves sometimes, actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, or or you know we just have a silent audience that just sits there and shakes their heads and corrects us, you know, verbally even though we can't uh, hear or respond. And well, I, I know we have just... an audience that doesn't watch the YouTube uh, videos because the audio for it was totally messed up for like you know the entirety that it was there until I uploaded it again. Oh, really? So, yeah, I don't know how I did it. Somehow it's like uh, I guess they call it stereo or maybe it's mono where it just comes out one ear. Uh -huh. um so yeah i don't know if the podcast episode is like that i hope it's not if it is let me know and i'll re-upload that too um but yeah it, it just comes out of the left left ear hole so oh, well then i mean maybe people like i i watched it but i watched it on my computer not through a series of headphones that could be fair so, yeah maybe someone just watched it through like a speaker system and didn't realize it yeah so i'm the one view that it has noted <laughs> uh well i mean i've got like three on there of myself at least so <laughs> yeah no it was actually another friend of mine that let me know so patrick if you're listening i appreciate it thank you um but yeah so today we're going to be covering a couple of fan theories or conspiracy theories from the my hero world some of these are really fun and kind of silly. Others, I think, will be a fun conversation to have. Um, but either way, like Adkins, you've not looked at any of this, so this is all fresh for you. This is just me kind of finding some stuff online. So I don't really have any individual like Reddit users to contribute to or any like main articles. I did a lot of looking across the internet. So these are from multiple articles and multiple Reddit threads and stuff. Um, I will say that I did accidentally spoil something really big for myself, and I am... Um, frustrated that it got spoiled because where it got spoiled was so unnecessary like it did not need to be there it was like in the middle of an article and they were just like oh and by the way this is the real thing and i was like oh. what the <laughs> like what that would it didn't contribute to the article at all and it was the only spoiler thing that was in the entire article and there was no hints nothing and it just felt so unnecessary but then what's even worse is like the spoil itself i was so unhappy about because i'm like wait what like, it just made me so mad. Um, so I don't know. I'm interested to when we get to that point, if it's ever in the... I, I'm ho hoping it'll be in the next season, so that way you and I can talk about it pretty soon and you can lament with me, because I think you'll also be upset. But I, I was just looking at our feed. It has been almost 100 episodes since we did the last Fan Theories and Controversies episode. It was episode 42 of the AMP. That and was we're on 134, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah 90 dang. episodes ago. That's crazy. If you missed that one, I do recall it being a lot of fun. And I should re-listen to it because I'm sure that there were things that we discussed then that might have been addressed already and like a like even like dobby, before recording sure. yeah you yeah. were talking about the dobby theory i know that we touched on it there i don't recall where i fell on it but uh it might be fun to revisit that just for funsies and see well i gotta our, say uh, i have another dobby theory in this one so oh maybe boy. we'll get maybe we'll get another theory answered in the next couple seasons but yeah i agree with you it would be fun to re-listen and 
See what our accuracy is. Yeah, yeah, no joke. By the way, if if we cough or if we sound sick, I think we're both still pretty sick, or you know, coming off of sickness. So yeah, we're we're recovering. We're gonna call this probably sound different. The sick conspiracy episode. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of coughing will get edited out. We will spare you at least that much, but we can't change the fact that like our our very intonations are probably a register or two below where they usually are. No joke. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get this kicked off. Uh, the first one is one I actually like this, and I I would be surprised if we haven't mentioned it, but I think it seems like other people online kind of think that this may be a thing too. And um, that is is that nobody in the My Hero world is actually quirkless. You know, this is something that we we talk about a lot. How there's apparently like twenty percent of the world that is quirkless. This theory is is that they likely aren't quirkless. They just have some weird quirk that they can't identify. We know that with at least Midoriya in place, it seems like he actually is quirkless, which we're going to address with another conspiracy in a bit. Oh, but, fun. you know, the idea being that, like, because he has one for all um, and he was quirkless before, it's why the cupeth runneth over, you could say, uh, compared to it, like, eating away at his physical body like it did the other uh, quirked users of it. But I, I do like the idea, and we've talked about it a lot, that there are gotta be these people like how did their quirks even surface how did they figure out they had that quirk you know and it just wouldn't surprise me if all those people they thought were quirkless really just have some kind of a weird quirk to identify weird or subtle or non-presenting like it's totally possible genetically to have certain conditions or predispositions or to be carriers for things and to just live your life completely oblivious of whatever that thing is so I would think that, uh, like if like it's plausible if we're using that kind of like myth MythBusters uh, terminology. I don't know that there, off the top of my head, is anything from the show or the manga that we've read to this point, and we're only, or I, at least I'll speak for myself. Um, I'm only so far in the manga as the like aired anime episodes are. So it's not like I'm reading ahead on in the time off between seasons, right? Uh, and I can't recall anything that would suggest or confirm like canonically that the number has swung to 100%. I think that a lot of the conversations that have taken place do seem to imply that that 20 and 80 might have shifted more uh, towards the majority side. Yeah, like a 90 so, 10. Yeah, something like that. Um, but 100% might be a stretch. But it might not be. Like I said, plausibility, like with modern day, like real life genetics and the way that some of that thing works, like, sure, I I think that people could have something and be completely oblivious to it for sure. Yeah. And in the show, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's in the manga as well, there's kind of the theory that there's like an extra toe joint in the pinky or something. Um, The pinky toe, you know, uh, for Mm -hmm. people that are not quirked. But that could just be a misnomer, right? I mean, how many people could have that and still be quirked? I don't think we've even seen statistics around anything like that. So I I thought it was kind of a plausible thing. You know, we've talked about it a lot and the idea that these quirks do manifest and show themselves in kind of unbelievable ways at times. It just wouldn't surprise me if people had quirks and just didn't realize it, you know? Yeah, and I wonder, like, how would, like, doctors be able to differentiate between something that technically or genetically would qualify as a quirk as opposed to uh, just some weird anomaly like especially when it comes to physical quirks like say for instance your quirk was just like you have two appendixes yeah right they check your toe 
they see that you do, you know, would have whatever the sign is, but they're like, oh, we, I don't know, you've got a quirk, but we don't know what it is until he gets appendicitis and they go to take it out and there's two of them suddenly in there, but they don't connect those dots, you know, it's just right. like, oh, weird, you've got two of those, you're yeah. only supposed to have one. Um, so I wonder, I wonder how tricky it would be to catch some of the, um, some of those physical styled quirks. What's the, there's a, there's a Hetero, term. Heteromorph, is, I think. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, that's the one that they use like in the manga, but I'm talking about like phenotypical kind of things, like oh, things that yeah. present physically on the body. Yeah. Uh, that could very easily just be mistaken. It's like, oh, that's abnormal, but not necessarily be slapped with the quirk label. And so it just becomes a matter of lack of explicit identification as a quirk and that skewing numbers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that one's kind of a silly one, I guess. Um, but I thought it was fun. I like the idea that there is not actually at this point anyone that is quirkless or that at some point in time they would all be phased out because of just like you said, genetics and the way that, you know, this quirk. Um, oh, they use the term all the time. The, the quirk doomsday theory. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the I want to call it um, finality, but I know that's not the term they use. So hold on. But and this may be getting ahead to you. You kind of hinted that this might tie to another one. You. Uh, so we're talking about Midoriya, like canonically, he's confirmed to prior to having one for all, not having a quirk. That's why he's able to possess one for all, because sure. his cup doesn't runneth over. Exactly. Right? Um, exactly. And, and he's not. However, this will tie uh, diminished. in tie into my next conspiracy theory in a bit. It's Dr. Kayuda who confirmed that, who we know steals quirks for all. For oh, one. Garaki. Yeah. So. What Garuda. if? Well, is it like a race and uh, is that his first name? Yeah, it's his first name. It's like K Y U D A I, Kayuda Garaki, I think. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, what if he had a quirk? And this is a, actually a really popular theory out there that Deku's quirk was stolen and given to someone else like Shigaraki or Bakugo because Deku's father supposedly has some kind of a fire quirk. Now, we know this to not be true since it's shown through one for all and the the vestiges that he doesn't have one, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't taken from him at some point because we know that's clearly a quirk that exists out there as well. But wouldn't his toe have been an indicator or is that just like a red herring that they pulled over on society? Well, like that's it, exactly like kind of the theory. pulled over on them. That's kind of one of the theories, but that defeats one of my other conspiracies. So, you know, a lot of these contradict each other. <laughs> okay. Well, like yeah, conspiracies that, I mean, that often sense. do, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the next one, actually, uh, and that actually, you know, uh, the doctor stealing his quirk is one of the ones that I was going to mention, because it is likely that he has stolen quirks before from kids. Like, imagine if he came across one, and I, I don't know that we really know exactly how he identifies them, because we know there are quirks that seem to identify other quirks, like one of the um, uh, uh, quirks that All for One stills is, uh, oh, what's her name? Um from the 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 wild the wild, wild pussycats. pussycats yeah yeah so he, i mean he has like a quirk spotting ability and i think nine had one too where he could look at somebody and like see what kind of quirk they had it's possible that the doctor had something like that and could just take quirks from kids before they fully developed and be like oh actually you're quirkless sorry so and correct me as i'm thinking through this right the doctor did he have the capability to actually strip a quirk from somebody or was he more duplicating it because for instance um oh yeah that's you know, true he had and, and and it wouldn't have to be so in that this this would kind of go hand in hand with the toe thing so like if he's like if you get the x-ray 
say you go to Garaki and he says, uh, you know, looks at your x-ray and he's like, ah, I'm a doctor and your toe doesn't have that sign, but you go and get a second opinion. And they're like, what that? Yeah. Like you, to you definitely have a quirk. Um, and Garaki had stolen it. That would be like red flags, but it would be simpler for him to duplicate under the, the auspice of like, yeah. you know, routine blood tests to have the ability to take and, and dupe it. And we saw him do that with, uh, some of the Nomus who possessed quirks that other that he kind of took and, and replicated. True. Right? Yeah, that's true. Now, all for one, though, he did have the ability to strip a quirk, or at least that's the impression that we're given. Sure. With, with the example of the wild, wild pussycat, for example. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, well, that defeats that theory. Good job. <laughs> we're just setting <laughs> up and knocking him down. Again, there's all the likelihood in the world that as I'm thinking off the top of my head here, that there are people on Twitter just hot on their keyboards. Oh, already, I know. Like listening to this and writing us very angry DMs about how we're forgetting this thing or that thing or we're wrong about this fact or that fact. <sighs> Highly likely. But as I've said from it's the beginning. It's probably Batman it is, Beyond Mark. Mark, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. we're sorry ahead of time. <laughs> it is, as Adam has so kindly uh, like cemented as a comic that i have in my house it's a it's a feature and not a bug of the amp for us yes. to just be wrong about things yeah exactly it's part of our it's the better part of our entertainment value in uh, my opinion well i like this theory this is a theory out there that a lot of people kind of entertain i feel like it's gotta be totally wrong um but it is kind of an interesting connection i guess you could say this is actually referred to as the red sneaker theory and it's the idea that quirkless people basically buy shoes from the same company because they do have that extra toe joint and therefore they need a shoe that fits their foot just a little bit differently than people with quirks, <laughs> right? Okay. So Midoriya is seen constantly wearing these red shoes right. and apparently Shigaraki has been seen wearing these similar looking shoes and they're the yes. same color and stuff. And so the theory goes that Shigaraki actually doesn't have that quirk naturally, his um, destruction quirk, and that All for One actually gave it to him to kind of like push the tragedy even further that is Shigaraki, and it would explain his weird like allergic reaction that he has to things. I don't really like that part of it because I think that's very clearly an indication of his childhood trauma, but it would explain his body rejecting the quirk to some extent. And apparently there are other quirkless characters like young All Might who was wearing a similar pair of red shoes. So the theory goes that all of these people could have been quirkless, and we know that from the shoes they wear because they likely buy them from one company. Okay. So this is a really loose one, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'll take... Let's talk about Shiggy first. Um, like, canonically, his, his quirk manifests before he ever meets All for One. Well, I like, thought so, too. And in the anime, that's true. This theory really backs up from apparently a manga panel where it's believed he ran into somebody before that all took place that could have been all for one obviously i'm not as familiar with the manga so i don't know what it was referring it may be something that you've not even seen yet but apparently there's a scene where he meets somebody as a young child and it's kind of inferred that it might be all for one okay well then let's talk about coda with a t who also because, wears those red shoes yeah and yeah. he's a quirked individual now, the only reason that he buys red shoes is to wear the red kicks like midoriya because midoriya was his maybe hero. his feet hurt well, that's true. That's why I say maybe it's just a, a case of imitation, but it is an exception to this particular theory's supposed rule. Um, I don't know who else. I hadn't thought about the shoe. I knew Shiki I and Midori find... wears them and Koda wears them. I mean, how many other quirkless people have we met, though? Not many. And... No, 
At least not that we know. No. But, and researching you know. this, I couldn't find any other examples. These were just the three. And I saw this exact theory show up in like four or five threads, which is kind of why I included it. Um, but I don't know. I think it's pretty loose. I just thought it was a fun one to throw out there. Yeah. I mean, I've, I recall being made aware of the pattern of the red shoes. Um, but I don't know that I would, um, attribute it to, it's a fun, it's a cool idea. I like the fact that there, I like the idea that there's a, a shoe companies out there that's like, Hey, let's capitalize on this extra toe joint thing <laughs> yeah, totally. and create a slightly wider shoe that, but only wider on the, you know, left, you know, the, the pinky toe side or whatever. <laughs> right. That seems totally American capitalism and I'm for it. Absolutely. Like that, that's, that rings true to my reality. And I um, love the idea that they like, wouldn't put any kind of hero symbology on them. Like they're anti-hero, not anti-hero, but like. None of their shoe designs have All Might's like color scheme or yeah, you know any of the symbol. Because like, why would you? Like, you wouldn't want to put that on some poor, forkless kid. Rubbing shoes. it in, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> here's what you'll never be, kid. Just wear it all the time yep. as a reminder of your lack of quirks, but uh, your but your overabundance of joints in one of your pinky toes yeah, or both that, of them. That's your quirk. Yeah, nerd. I mean, it, which yeah. Anyway, yeah. So red shoe theory interesting i think that it has some very curious uh like re realism to it sure, <laughs> like, sure. As, again as far as like capitalism is concerned <laughs> yeah definitely uh not sold on the line of reasoning now of course i say that having not read any of these arguments in any kind of full detail i'm I just mean, going on what you're talking about i'm giving you pretty much the full arguments here so don't feel like you're missing too much <laughs> So there, yeah. So at one point in this argument, somebody's like, "Well, there was that one quarter panel of Shigaraki bumping into some dude who we didn't see his face, and we never see Offer One's face, and so it's Offer One." That's basically how it went. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll allow it. People, listen. The internet is a weird and wonderful place where people can say whatever they want, and it's um, allowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then other people will upvote it. Yep. Uh, without further research, yeah. just because they think it sounds cool. Um. Uh, anyway, yeah, guilty. So <laughs> this next theory, I think this is something you and I have actually talked about before, and it's the idea that All Might actually does have a quirk and that it is basically his body's ability to adjust to stress. And it's not like, um, oh, who's the current villain? I can't think of his name. You're talking about Redestro? Redestro, thank you. But it's the idea that like when he inherited One for All, you know, Gran Torino talked about the fact that he was able to pick it up almost immediately. And like, sure, he was a little bit more advanced than Midoriya is as far as, you know, physical strength goes, but he never had the amount of drawbacks that Midoriya does. Now, on top of that, his quirk has been stripped from him. He's handed it off and we know that he has some small fragments still of one for all. But the ability to go into like, you know, this huge all might form and then shrink down to small might and go back and forth. That in of itself is almost like a quirk. So there's some evidence that it's possible he did have some kind of underlying quirk to begin with. The only evidence really fighting against it is that he is not part of the vestiges as far as we know. All right. So again, so much of this, I think, goes is so closely tied to the pinky toe thing. Sure. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking, I was double checking this on the wiki. It says, as seen at the beginning of the series, people who are born with quirks have only one joint in their pinky toe, suggesting a close chromosomal linkage between the extra toe joint and a lack of a quirk. Uh, people with two joints in their pinky toe are almost always quirkless, but it's the almost 
that is really starting to throw my brain right now. Um, <laughs> I was reading that as you were talking. And so that does create room for uh, some plausibility in some of these other um, other theories, I guess, where I had said, but the, but the toe thing, yeah, yeah, as if it was a definitive. The wiki d- doesn't make it so hard and fast. Um, so I like... I like the resiliency idea, and it does fit into the the case of having an uh, or having a quirk that isn't immediately discernible, like because the way that you the way that I say you um, only because you're presenting this information, sure, but sure. the way that the way that you described it, um, it's not as if he's like Darwin from the X Men, right? Right. Um, right. It's much more subtle than mm-hmm. that, and even. It may even be something that could play out over a longer period of time. He's just, it's just a more rapid process for him. For instance, um, Wolverine has a a healing factor, but it does progress over time. It's not like you shoot him and it's like portals through his body and it immediately heals up. You know, there's a little bit of, there, there's tissue regrowth and you know what I mean? Yeah, so it takes time. It's and then like the worse the damage, the longer it takes for him to regenerate. Yeah. And so maybe All Might's um, adaptability is is progressive in that sense because he did uh, going back to the uh, Gran Torino loose quote uh, is that he adapted to it quickly, not that he didn't took it on with it, but that it just happened faster for him than it did for Midoriya. Yeah, like he, he saw a remarkable um adapt uh, adaptability to this quirk that yeah. maybe i mean he he could gran torino uh being the he here he could be an authority in that he could have seen nana shimura come into possession of that and struggle with it mightily for a longer period of time um and then see how quickly all might adapted to it and it could have some to do with just physiology not to be like uh patriarchal or or you know misogynistic or whatever um but yeah i i haven't i i can't recall hearing or reading anything about All Might having been previously quirked. Well, and but... he claims he was quirkless. Like, All Might yeah. told Midoriya that he was quirkless. My only real thing, and keep in mind that I'm just presenting these, so I don't right. like this one because if that was the case, then I think one, he would be in the, like, vestige circle more so than he is, because we know that there's a part of him there, but it's not really like the other vestiges of uh, One for All. But two, that means Midoriya should have inherited that quirk as well, and he didn't. So there's that mm. part of me that's like, ah, that kind of immediately defeats that theory, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, they, the, both the manga and the anime went really far out of their way to talk about that cup analogy. Exactly. Um, and it, it would feel like if All Might were previously quirked, that that analogy struggles a bit when it gets to him, Agreed. whereas so much of it rested on the fact that Toshinori has been able to hold it for so long precisely because he was quirk. He didn't have a quirk. Exactly. And that's also the reason why you're not rapidly aging and decaying now, too. Yeah. And so that feels like the biggest chink in the armor of that particular theory. I wonder what was the like, not that you have this information ready, but what was the, like the date on these articles? A lot of them were pre this last season. In fact, I was okay. telling Adkins before we started recording that the most recent anime season really like answered most of the fan theories out there and if anything mm-hmm. provided evidence that kind of negates them um there's only yeah, one like or... the cup analogy exactly yeah but they're still kind of fun to entertain i think now this next theory there is nothing out there that is negating this and this is 
Oh, this is not something that I think is except um, for me. <laughs> I think you'll agree with this one actually, <laughs> uh, because it's very funny. Uh, so you know Bakugo, uh, fan favorite or people hate them. It's like I feel like they're black and white with Bakugo. Either people love them or they hate them. There's not really an in between. He is known for being super loud and screaming all the time, right? This yes, and particularly at the bacteria in his mouth. Sure. Yes, exactly. This theory is is that Bakugo is going deaf because of all of the explosions near his ears. <laughs> the idea is not that he knows he's screaming. He's just going deaf, so he's talking louder because he can't hear himself. Now I want to know how many times, because I know that he's shouted this previously on the show, how many times he shouted, what did you say? Yeah, exactly. Is it because... And like, we just he... overlooked that because he's <laughs> he, it, it's almost like in the show, we take that as him saying, I dare you to say that to my face or say it again. Yeah, yeah. And instead, he's just like, eh, he needs like the little ear horn. Or like Speak some hearing aids, yeah. And this, yeah. if anything, this, this cracked me up because um, my grandfather, for the longest time, no one really interacted with him a whole lot. And a lot of people thought he was just kind of a jerk. And when I turned like 16 or 17, he got hearing aids and nobody could get him to stop talking. Like he used to just not talk at all. And he told <laughs> us, he was like, I thought people didn't like me because nobody talked to me. And we were like, Grandpa, we've been talking to you for 17 years. What are you talking about? You know, just been ignoring me, bro. <laughs> he just couldn't hear. And so the moment he got those hearing aids, it was just like nonstop talking. And I loved it. Uh, but it just made me think of that, you know, Bakugo going deaf. I could totally see it. And I don't think he had really any kind of ear protection on any of his costumes. Yeah, I can't uh, I can't think of any. I mean, shoot, it's it's fairly standard practice while you're training, at least with things that can make a tremendous amount of sound to use ear protection like in real life. But you also don't really see, for instance, police officers walking around with uh, ear protection on in the field. Well, but typically police officers are reactionary. You know, they're they right. they would only ever shoot if they needed to compared to Bakugo, who knows actively he will be blowing things up every single day. Yeah, but this also goes back to, I guess it's a risk, you know, maybe that might be worth undertaking if he knew that there would be physical repercussions, like as far as damage to his ears concerned. Because, for instance, like when I go out on a ruck, if I'm going to be gone for any length of time, whether like once around the block or if I'm going to be out for three hours, there's a temptation, right, to put some music on in my ears or put a book on or listen to the podcast, whatever the case might be. But doing that, um, especially if you, uh, do that to both of your ears, you're basically robbing yourself or suppressing at least um, one of your like essential survival senses, sure. which is the ability to hear things that could be potentially dangerous. And so there would be a trade-off possibly for Bakugo um, to have some kind of ear protection. Yeah. yeah, perhaps shield his ears, but also not uh, have that protection come at the cost of potentially life-saving um, sense information on a battlefield. But we don't, but okay, so flip side, we also have seen them for sure use in-ear uh, communication devices. Sure. So there would be a layer in some cases, like during the big fight with uh, Shigaraki recently, you know, like Endeavor was talking to Midoriya and Bakugo and, and there was like communication and they weren't wearing uh, like external ear phones or uh any kind of or microphones even like for that matter inner ear pieces or something yeah yeah so maybe that's just a part of the standard kit um for for field work anyway at least one ear uh, having a device like that in there makes some sense um but yeah i think that that's <laughs> it is plausible and it is kind of funny for that to be one of his physical drawbacks yeah. that he 
like it, it makes sense from a purely common sense place, totally. you know, like how is it that, that somebody in his life, uh, be it a doctor at his physical, you know, because part of the physical is people look in your, inside your ear, uh, and they check for damage like that. And they do, in many cases, we'll even check for uh, the, your, the sensitivity of your ears, much like they would an eye at an eye exam, uh, and that, <laughs> that that would start to creep up and somebody would be like, yeah, if you keep this up, you know, you're going to be deaf by 18, um, <laughs> you know, or at least need uh, hearing aids in the process. Yeah. Now, this the next few conspiracy theories or fan theories that I've got here, uh, they're all familial, I'll say. Uh and I don't Ooh, right up your alley. I know, but I don't know that I like a lot of these. They're so loose, and there's just not really any evidence. It's more just people being like, "Oh, well, this would be funny," or like, "Oh, they I... don't meet the Adam familial connective <sighs> tissue standard." Not these next two, not at all. Oh boy, yeah. So this next one is that all for one is Midoriya's father, and I'm like, "But why?" I mean, the the only thing evidence that is out there, there's not even evidence. It's just people's opinion. They like the idea that, you know, we know that for a fact that All for One is this, like, master schemer, that he's always got a plan for everything, and basically the idea being that he could be Midoriya's father and be using him as, like, a backup for Shigaraki if he needed to, or knew that somehow he would end up with One for All and wanted to have this, like, epic dramatic showdown because that's just kind of who he is. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I just don't see it. We know Midoriya has a father out there somewhere. And the majority for this conspiracy and the next con- or conspiracy or fan theory is that, you know, just the fact that we've not seen Midoriya's dad, basically. And this one in particular, there are a handful of people that seem to think that All for One is his father. That's really it. I mean, so the plausibility comes from the fact that, like, All for One, even though he is old, has maintained a, f- a relatively youthful appearance given his age. But... I would need to so part of part of what just leapt to mind is timeline regarding like when All for One's face just got jacked up. Totally. By and we assume that was by All Might, but we don't know that for a fact. I'm pretty sure we do. Like in the I'm I'm pretty confident that that was like canonized in this last again in this last season. Oh yeah, doesn't maybe. he say something to All Might about like what you did to me or something like what you did to my face? Yeah, like there's there's definitely an exchange in the last season or two that basically solidified that as a fact that like All Might just absolutely trashed All for One's face. Totally. Um and we knew that that took place you know a while ago long enough for All Might to have recovered, but was it, you know, 14 years ago, you know, prior to the be- you know the beginning of um uh, my hero proper season one uh and even so it does if if the thread that everybody is hanging so desperately to is well but, but we haven't seen midori's dad that feels like searching for a needle in a haystack that might not be there at all yeah i agree um because we i do remember us talking at some point um on the amp about why it is that we might not have seen Midoriya's dad and one of the things that I posited way back then was it could just be because the anime or the story or uh you know uh, I was gonna say Akira Toriyama <laughs> I'm mixing up my uh <laughs> Horikoshi <laughs> yeah mixing up my mangakas but yeah if Horikoshi was just like he doesn't want that father figure mentor space to be too crowded sure um well there's a lot of it already there I mean yeah I agree yeah I feel like that's if that's all that the, if that's the only reason that we never see Midoriya's dad 
I would be fine with that. It makes sense to me from a strictly literary standpoint. Sure. Um, and it would, but it would also kind of feel very Star Warsy if all for one were Midoriya's dad. And we do know that he pulls a lot from Star Wars. Yeah, he freaking loves Star Wars. Well, and and even all for one has kind of got some. He shares some visual Vader, uh, some visual keys with yeah Vader. Yeah, but that feels like it's heavily telegraphed. Agree. If that's true, I agree. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I if don't it's like true, it I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna be in favor of it. Well, and I, I don't I see like... how would that even come up. I mean, it would have to be such a forced story plot at this point. It feels like. And, yeah. And the next theory kind of piggies on this as well, or piggybacks off this as well, because the theory is is that Midori is actually a clone of All for One, and that somehow he's orchestrated this whole plan for Midoriya to effectively get one for all and by making him a clone it would have been easier to steal one for all from him because he is an extension of himself effectively we know that basically all for one gave his little brother the quirk and wanted to be able to either use it to have his brother go out and get more quirks and then be able to take it back and hasn't been able to and maybe somehow he's cloned himself and through Midoriya will be able to get that quirk back because Midoriya is therefore an extension of himself. But I also don't like that theory, and I think it's really loose. Like, uh, I just don't know. Yeah, uh, cloning seems a little bit more sci-fi-y outside of something like Twice's quirk sure. than my hero tends to I lean agree. towards. Um, so I feel just from uh, like a genre flavor that might go a little too far. I say that, though, Knowing full well that like the Nomu process is kind of that, um, not strictly cloning, but it involves kind of this similar kind of visuals and pseudoscience. Agreed. But we also, but but the vast majority of that has been very unsuccessful, at least as far as like, um, again, the physicality of the subjects goes outside of Nine and Shigaraki, really. Yeah, and even um, then, Nine's not canon, so. Yeah, so, yeah, the clone thing, that just seems like, I mean... Unnecessary? I mean, that's, yeah, even like then, that's another one that's con. like, how would you even force that story plot out, you know? Yeah, like, how does he, <laughs> like, how does All for One put Midoriya in a place where he can have that conversation with All Might, impress him on Midoriya's merits alone... To then become the recipient of the magic hair. You Agreed. know what I mean? Like, Agreed. that seems too fiddly, too, yeah, yeah. too dialed in. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, th that just seems, that seems wild to me. And it feels like much too, uh, like, too much of a long con. Even though, again, I say that knowing that All for One with Shigaraki is playing a very long game. Or at least he was for a while. And now seem, things seem to be coming to a real pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of no moves, one of the theories that is not, I didn't find this everywhere, but I thought it was kind of an interesting one that I saw one or two places. And the idea is that after All Might's battle with uh, All for One, he did in fact kill All for One or take him out entirely. And the All for One we are seeing, the current All for One, is actually a no move of his former self. I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't think there's a lot of evidence for it. In fact, this was just someone saying like, you know, we know All Might took him out. It seems weird that that he wouldn't have confirmed this big bad was actually done for. What if Garaki or someone else, through means of the Nomu technology, 
attempted to bring All for One back using said technology, and he is basically just a Nomu in of himself. I kind of like it, but at the same time, I'm I the Nomu seem too without thought and unperfected. Like if they were able to do that with All for One, all of the high end Nomus would be closer to All for One, I would think. Yeah, and I mean, there's again, I'm trying to trying to give these theories the benefit of some doubt. It might go a small way in explaining a, maybe a little bit more satisfactorily that all for one's face hasn't quite regened. Sure. Right. Because there are, there is that that's like his no imperfection. Um, but it would also be really unsatisfying again, from a narrative and literary standpoint for this just to be like a, a gooey dupe. Um, this whole time that just has his same memories. Um, I guess like there would there it might create some space for it to be like well we we killed you once so we can do it again and that feels like this shaking your fist kind of triumphant courageous you know standing of the line yeah um but I just like it better that all for one gets knocked down and he, he, he just gets, gets back, back up, up again. again like he yeah, just chumbawamba he's man. just a like real evil bastard <laughs> yeah it makes him way more uh, menacing for for that theory not to be true i agree i totally agree well this next theory i actually really like the idea of and i don't think we have any like proof to say otherwise and we don't actually know what happened in this scenario so we are aware of the fact that davi is toya shodoroki toya shodoroki that is not what i meant to say (laughs) (laughs) you came close yeah real close we know that uh davi is toya todoroki and, uh, you know, that effectively he was training up on the mountains and he burned the mountain down because it was particularly dry and got caught in it. Everyone thought he was dead, but he actually survived, right? Yes. This theory posits that Dobby is like a phoenix and can revive himself. And that is his true quirk. It's not just that he can wield these incredibly powerful blue flames. It's that he can actually completely destroy himself and basically like a phoenix be revived into like a new being who was Dobby or is Dobby. The idea being that he did burn himself completely and then basically reformed from the ashes. Kind of, I kind of like that. I like the idea of him being like that level, I guess like his quirk evolving to that level that he was able to burn himself down and kind of come back to life. Basically. Uh, it's interesting for sure. I, I wonder because we don't know how, how he made it out of there yet, right? Like that's not been no, you know, the, and I don't know that it is in the manga. I actually didn't have any of that spoiled or anything, but we just know that he was caught up in that fire and somehow survived. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, so I wonder how Toya's uh, like self immolation, like the fact that he does. Um, burn himself with his quirk if that makes it more or less possible. Sure. Um, and I, I want to say I was trying to Google, so I'm, I'm sure you might have heard me um, clicking away at the keys, but I wonder because uh, I think I vaguely recall that NG Todoroki said that they found some part of Toya on the mountain and that's like how they kind of found his quote unquote, like his jawbone or yeah, something. Yeah. But if you look at Dobby, like as we see him like in the manga today, if you look at his face, his jawbone is that kind of zombie-fied, putrefied-looking flesh. And so maybe that's a visual clue that he actually did go with, you know, lose his jaw and either 
you know, ma manifest another one through healing of some kind or, or literally took some other piece and, and stapled it on. Maybe that's, maybe that lends a little bit of credibility to that. Um, I think it would be very interesting if Dobby's quirk was, uh, was this Phoenix like thing, but it would also, again, like I'm, th I'm thinking of it purely from, uh, like a literary standpoint for, we know that we have this, like, this this big face down probably coming between NG and Shoto and Toya and it being it it needs to have like some sort of real resolution resolution yeah yeah like either you know they they have to you know do the hard thing and actually kill um Toya or you know manage to win him over and you know whatever whatever the case might be um if if they did that that fight him and, and have to kill him. And he just comes back at some point later, that would feel. Well, and I think the like, idea behind this is that only he could do it. So like his quirk is destroying him. And if he completely destroyed himself, he would be reborn in some form or fashion. But if someone else killed him, that would not be the same. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Cause I think the mythology of a Phoenix is that it finally burns itself out and then is reborn. And that's kind of how Phoenixes like reproduce or, how they're reborn. So the idea would be that his quirk has to burn himself out basically. Well, but we saw, so going back again to my, I guess, literary concern with it, we've seen Dobby being absolutely willing to torch himself. If it meant taking out Inchi in he particular. He may not know it though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that he, that leaves room again for him doing that thing, being maybe unaware that he will be, uh, revivified later on through his quirk, him self immolating, in an attempt to take out Shoto and or Inji, uh, and then coming back again, then it's just like, oh, with that plot point persists, and there's no, like, excellent way of resolving it outside of just doing the exact opposite of whatever they did. So, like, if he died this time, and then he has to be, uh, uh, you know, like, rehabbed the second time, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, good point. Um, but I, I like the idea of that Phoenix quirk. I think that it's a neat idea. Totally. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I just don't. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like it from so many just of these a story from standpoint. a story standpoint. Kind of suck, you know. It's just yeah. like, ah, oh, man. If that was the case, the story would feel flat, you know. Right. So this next one, I would not be surprised at all if this happens. Um, in fact, I think it would be coming up in the next season. This is a, kind of a, a popular fan theory. And that is that Shirakumo, who we know is Kurogiri, will actually be brought back by Eri. So we know that she's worked with Mirio and kind of reversed his quirk a little bit because he came in and saved the day at the end of the last season. It, it would posit that Eri will help Kurogiri somehow. And that maybe through that, Aizawa and President Mike and the other people that are investigating this whole Nomu situation would have a better understanding of the Nomus because they would have their friend to be like, here's how it happens, you know, this is what they do, and here's how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've been very curious about what Ares' ultimate role in the show is going to be. Like, we know that she can, like, rewind somebody back into non-existence. Um, but we also, you know, so, yeah, I think that, like, it's possible that she could rewind um Kurogiri into Shirakumo. But I wonder like what state Shirakumo would be in because he kind of probably died that one time. Well that's you know? what they claim, um, but if they just stole <laughs> him and turned him into a 
you know, Nomu. I mean, who's to say? We do, do we know that he was dead, dead? Because he seemed kind of alive whenever they were interviewing him. I mean, he seemed conscious enough to be able to talk to them. And is that because he's a Nomu, or is that because the Shirokumo body underlying the Nomu is still there in some capacity? Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, like, what I'm do still... what do Ares quirks have? how do they affect souls? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, is that even yeah. a thing? You know what I mean? That's uh that, that takes that to a whole nother level, but yeah, I think her quirk is one that we've tried to figure out how, so they brought it into play and then they immediately whisk it off the field basically um, because it's so powerful and it has so many potential capabilities that it's like, you just can't have her out on the field, just undoing all consequence. Yeah. Um, but I think deploying her. So, okay. So I'm about to say a thing and then I'm going to qualify it. So I think deploying her to remake Shirokumo out of Kurogiri would be narratively powerful. Um, especially for present Mike, who has basically been like her, her, like, you know, dorm dad for a while. And Aizawa too, really. I mean, who is also, oh, yeah, the I meant, I meant, yeah, yeah. I meant Aizawa, not present okay. Mike, but you know, more Aizawa than present Mike. But at the same time, unless you read Vigilantes, that doesn't hit as hard as it really could. But we had that trouble with sh the Shirakumo reveal anyway inside of the series. So why would that stop them from, from doing it anyway? You know, yeah. doing it here like, you know, but it would make it would be even more uh, like it would be more destructive to the poignancy for her to rewind Kurogiri into Shirakumo than it would for them to kind of do that little like montage, like, Hey, Shirakumo was a childhood friend when they did that reveal in whatever, like season five or whatever it sure. was. Um, so for her to like rewind him back into, you know, cloud boy, basically, uh, like that would feel so odd for him to actually manifest and and be present to Aizawa and present Mike with so little in MHA proper, uh, background for that. Um, I like the idea but I th feel like they would definitely have to do more work to really set that up to have the punch that it should have. Not that they couldn't do it and have a punch given what they've done, but as a vigilante's reader, and we encourage everybody listening, if you have not already done so, please, um, you don't even have to listen to us talk about it. Although, you know, like, you should do so if you want, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but definitely read vigilantes because it's so good. And a lot of it uh, really helps inform, especially maybe more than anything else in my hero proper, the Kurogiri uh, slash Shirakumo slash Aizawa slash present Mike stuff yeah, I um, agree. in my hero proper. Well, in this, this whole conversation actually leads me to something I've never thought of before. Could Eri rewind the ashes of Shigaraki's family? I mean, he's got those yeah. hands. Could she touch those and bring them back and, and then give him, I don't know, the family he always wanted. And now that he has a bit more control over his, his, I don't quirks? think so. I think that her stuff, like, only it works, works on, on organic living. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, living tissue would make some sense. That's, that's again, why I said, like, if Shirakumo was actually dead, that that puts a, a stop to a her point. ability to, yeah. to return him. Um, so I definitely think that that precludes her from being able to do that with, um, with Shigaraki's family, um, from the hands, because there's, I don't know. Are they in stasis? Like, cause they're not like rotting it. I mean, you know, they're not like zombified, putrefying, dripping flesh from the bone hands. So maybe they're being held well, in some sort of living stasis. I'm not that like know. short moment. We did see Shirakumo. He seemed to be 
I'm going to say, quote unquote, fine. Like you said, it's not like he looked like a zombie or like his skin was falling off or anything. Yeah, I'll um, well, and I think, too, that the I think that her emotions are somehow like affect her efficacy. And like, would she want to try to bring Shigaraki's family back? Like, would you know, I, I think that she could be I'm surprised they didn't use like, her to bring back Aizawa's leg. I mean, it feels like she could have done that at least. Possible. Um, I think that I think in her court training, isn't she shown to like bring a lizard's tail back? Something like that. Yeah. And, but that but that was like an expedited thing, right? Because the lizard's tail would have grown back anyway. Maybe. I don't know. It would have um, been funny if um, Nurse Granny like kissed Aizawa on the, the stump and he grew like one of those little tiny Deadpool legs. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that would be kind of funny. He's on crutches for a while because he's got like a third of a yeah, leg. Yeah. That would be pretty funny. Uh, um, yeah, I think. I mean, it's dependent on a lot of things. I think that the 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 it needing to be living flesh thing could certainly put a stop to that. I wonder too, like probably Eri could return Aizawa's leg, but maybe Aizawa thinking rationally is like this isn't the correct use of her. Like he doesn't want to treat her like a tool. Yeah, either you know? that or he's like, nah, man, I got a cool dope leg now. Like look at all of these yeah. cool things I can do with it. Like I could see him being very practical in the sense that maybe he's got this new leg that like has all these extra components that he didn't previously have, you know? Yeah, and, like, she's had human subjects before because we're told that she basically regrowed Mirio, right? Right, right. Um, so that he could get his quirk back. But that wasn't, like, regrowing a limb on a human being, even though she might have been shown to do it on lizards and bugs or whatever the case might well, have been. Well, she was regrowing so maybe... Deku the entire time he was fighting uh, What's-His-Face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, she was just keeping his body from exploding yeah, um, yeah. during the, the Chisaki fight. So maybe, again, from the rationality standpoint, I was, I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be that test dummy for <laughs> seeing if she can, you know, I see, like, if I lost my quirk, sure, I'd let her try that. But, uh, you know, if I, you know, I don't know if I want her trying to regrow my limbs, even though I may have seen her do that on a beetle at some point or whatever the case might well, be. Speaking of Aizawa, there was a weird theory I saw in a bunch of threads that had no backup to it, and it was like a single word. And it was just like, Aizawa's a fake. And I'm like, a fake what? That makes no, like, <laughs> what are you even talking about? That was on, like, three articles. And all that's all it said, was, like, Aizawa's a fake. What did they say? That was it. Like, what is the I was like, what? But a fake what? <laughs> like, are you saying he's so just not? So there's no, not... like, paragraphs of explanation beneath no, it? No. A lot of the times it was just, like, a picture of Aizawa. Uh, like and it would just list? be like, ah, oh, Aizawa's a fake. Or a, um, there was another. Like a poser? Like a poser. Yeah, like, as if he wasn't like didn't have a quirk or wasn't a real teacher like not even saying that he was a traitor or something like that just just that he was a fake and i was like what even is this bullshit like this is not even like a real theory <laughs> yeah <laughs> there is so much canonical evidence that aizawa does have a quirk that actually does what he says that know, it does. i know oh man unless he's just got all of the villains in on a big joke yeah including all for one i would add or, or shigaraki at least so the next two are definitely uh, UA spy related, and I thought that they were fun. Um, I don't know that I lend any credence to any of them, but there's a lot more evidence for at least this one. And that is, is that Recovery Girl is the UA spy. And the, the kind of basis behind it is that she's a senior member of the UA staff, so she would know when and where Class 1A and All Might would have been for the USJ stuff and the foreigners training camps. So she's in the know for all of that. She also is aware of All Might's secret from the very beginning of the series. She could have easily have informed, you know, all for one about a lot of information happening. 
specifically around the going-ons of UA. But on top of that, she's a senior member of the staff and could have been helping like cover up the schemes and delivering these bodies from when various people would have died, including like Shirakumo and other potential you know bodies that have been turned into Nomus. And then on top of that, the moment that the UA spy stuff was brought up from President Mike, she was in that room and a lot of it pretty much immediately stopped after that staff meeting. So it's kind of interesting that she would have had a lot of the knowledge that the spy likely would have had. And a lot of it has been going on for a long time. So I could see how she would be the likely culprit there. Hmm. So I think my biggest hang up with that is one of timing. Sure. Like I would think that all for one would really only need a spy or a traitor or whatever inside of UA after Midoriya enters UA with like in possession of one for well, all. Wasn't there a whole conversation with all for one and someone else talking about how they, he thought that all might was going to be recruiting someone to replace himself with the upcoming students. Yeah, that's because there was like a, I want to say they were referencing all these students that got just admitted that didn't take the tests and everything because the idea was that one of these students would possibly receive all uh, one for all. Yeah, like Takayami, Momo, Shoto. Yeah, those three. No, Shoto tested? No, I don't think Shoto did test. It was him and, and Momo okay. and uh, Tokoyami that were basically just Tokoyami. admitted. Yeah, yeah um, I guess that does throw a wrench into where my brain immediately ran to. Uh, I don't like Recovery Girl as a traitor. It just, it just doesn't... I don't have any, like, it's one of those things where, like, in my rebuttal, it, I just have a number and a statement of fact afterwards. Sure. I just don't like yeah, it. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> I yeah. don't know that I like it I either can... because I'm still hung up on Nezu. But it's, you know, it, it's yeah. one of those ones where I was like, okay, with the facts laid out like that, I guess I could see it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's plausible. Like, it's like, sure. But I, I okay. Yeah, sure. But I don't, I don't think that it's right. Yeah. I, I, I still think. Um, I would have to listen back to our last episode. I know we talked about the traitor at one point in there. Um, and I want to say that we kind of thought that maybe it was Hagakure just because she could just strip naked and be wherever she wants. Yeah, yeah. And, that's a prevailing theory is that Hagakure is a traitor just because it's like obvious. Like she's the only one that could easily sneak around. Yeah, uh, with quirks as presented. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next one is that Dark Shadow is actually a Nomu that was planted into Tokoyami. And it's Dark Shadow that is the traitor himself, and somehow he's able to communicate with the League of Villains without Tokoyami knowing. I thought that was kind of interesting, because he would be there for a lot of things that the League of Villains would want to know about. But the hang-up I have there is that I feel like with Hawks being the double agent for so long, Tokoyami and Dark Shadow could have accidentally leaked that somehow. But I guess Tokoyami wasn't really aware of that as much as I thought maybe he was. But I don't know. I thought that was an interesting one. Like the idea that Dark Shadow is is not only the traitor or a spy, but he's also a Nomu in of himself is kind of interesting. Because that I feel like they've talked about Dark Shadow before almost as if Tokoyami like inherited him or like he was planted in Tokoyami. We've talked about it like yeah. that. Like like Dark Shadow seems more of like a possession of some kind, which does imply external something becoming internal something. Right, right. Well, um, the idea that also back this up is that with the way that Dark Shadow acts, it's possible that Dark Shadow is actually like a little kid, like some kind of a child that was turned into a Nomu at some point in time, which I thought was really dark. Hmm. I think my 
<laughs> again, just trying to throw wrenches into some of these. Dark Shadow's physical appearance looks an awful lot like Tokiyami's physical Agreed. appearance. Like, yeah. they look a lot alike. Um, and m maybe it's just capable of shape-shifting, and that's the way that it's kind of uh, chosen to present itself to to throw us off on the fact that, it, yeah, this, this is totally my quirk and it has always been because look at it and look at me, you know, well, and there was um, some like that seems like a very spyy thing to there do. There were some interesting comments on this particular. I think I found this one on Reddit and they were along the lines of like the weird thing about Tokoyami is if Dark Shadow is his quirk, then why does he have a bird head? Because that should mm -hmm. be his quirk. So either the bird head part is a heteromorph quirk because someone has said that apparently in the manga and he didn't deny it. Yep. And Dark Shadow right. is a completely separate entity of himself, or Dark Shadow is the quirk, and Tokoyami is actually kind of like Nezu and is actually an animal that has been turned into some kind of like humanoid like thing, which we know is a prevalent thing in the My Hero world, apparently. Yeah. And again, you and I are on record in multiple episodes really struggling with Tokoyami's quirk presentation. Yeah. I think a lot of people um, struggle with it based off the research that I did. Yeah, but then again, that that feels like this is people trying to explain something that 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 they can't and probably isn't a big explain. deal. Yeah, yeah, and it may not need exp explaining. It could just be that he's got a cool ass quirk, yeah, exactly. and this is just how Horikoshi decided he was just going to do this yep, thing. Yep. And we're trying to find we're trying to find uh you know a a, a fancy uh satisfying explanation for something that we can't quite put a finger on, and it might it just may not exist. Yeah, totally. Well, those are all of the ones that I noted that I thought were kind of fun. Um, there were two fan theories that I had kind of in my back pocket. One of them I thought was easily provable to not be true, which is that Gran Torino is Shigaraki's grandfather. There are scenes where Nana Shimura talks about all for one killing her husband. So unless there was something <laughs> yeah. happening there, I don't think that's the case. But Gran Torino does talk about those scenarios when he talks about Nana Shimura, like leaving her family behind. He says, we made those decisions. and. Apparently, at some point in time, he refers to her in Japanese terminology that indicates more than a friend. And so some people took that as like, oh, they had to have been getting together and married or lovers or something. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. There's been plenty of evidence that Nanashimura said that All for One killed her husband. So I don't think that's a thing. Um, the other fan theory that I thought was interesting and likely to just happen, I didn't really find it to be like a conspiracy or anything, was that Toga has blood samples of Midoriya. So at some point in time, she'll likely use those. When she does, will she get a small glimpse of one for all? You know, will she use his quirks or get them? Hell, she could. Uh, well, I, I was going to say that she could just come to possess it, uh, but it has to be a willing thing, right? Um, because she'll be consuming DNA. Right. I mean, she'll be doing it more, you know, in a grosser, well, I don't know, arguably a grosser way. I think that uh, the hair thing is pretty damn I think disgusting. So too. Well, and that was kind of where, like, I feel like that one's easily disproved as well. We know that one for all transfers through willingness, and Deku didn't have his blood willingly taken. So my understanding is that based off of those reasonings, she may take it and she could disguise herself as him, but I don't think she would get any of those quirks. Yeah, it would, and it would probably suffer from the Monoma problem. You know, Monoma, um, you know, basically tried to copy one for all from. Did it just like and, and dud it, out? Yeah, they were basically like it's a stockpiling problem. You know, um, so even if she could replicate it somehow, it would still face that stockpiling issue that they've already said. And she's got a lot of people's blood, like 
she's she definitely has some of Ochaco's somewhere, unless she consumed all of it, I guess, w- during the licensing exam. Well, we don't know how much she um, needs to be able to transform, so it's possible she's yeah. got plenty of it laying around. Yeah, I mean, she's got some of Kami's. She's got to have some of Twice's too. I would imagine that they'd be able to use her to replicate oh, yeah. Twice's powers. I'm pretty sure that that's. I'm pretty sure that's canon so far. Is that she's got some of Twice's um, blood in in her reservoir, and so that could be. You know, we the the heroes seem pretty self assured that they they removed Twice from the battlefield. Toka could bring him back and st- to you know, to a degree. Well, that's actually um, really kind of be able to dupe. Yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of a scary thought. Is the idea that Twice could come back if Toga takes on his form and then dupes herself? That dupe could dupe himself. And at what point in time would yeah. like Twice is already confused on who is the original? So would that dupe be like, hold on, I'm not like I'm not Toga. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Who am <laughs> yeah. I? So like, could she? therefore accidentally basically bring twice back to life in some form you know if if her quirk runs out or she loses the transformation would that other dupe go away with it or would twice's powers kind of an act you know what i mean so i don't think that her quirk lets her consume like be able to access memories i'm gonna look this up um because for instance like what you're what you're saying relies entirely upon like this this being this dupe this twice thing coming into being and, and like having being aware requires like memories yeah that's fair i guess it would actually just be a dupe of toga not a dupe of twice yeah 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 it just says her quirk grants her the ability to transform into a physical look like of another individual as well as copy their voice she can only transform into people whose blood she has ingested the more blood she drinks the longer she has access uh, she can switch between the appearances of multiple people uh, upon deactivating her quirk or switching to another disguise. Himiko's disguise melts. Um, it did undergo the awakening um, d- d- at the big fight in the, whatever the city was where she could access some of the quirks of the people that she's transformed into. So she would be able to do, but I don't think it says anything about her retaining uh, memories like those or copying the memories. Yeah. yeah. Well, then we, I yeah. would assume that if that was a thing of her quirk, then that quirk would be insane because she would easily know everything about everyone she's ever copied. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that would, that would be, wild. be wild. That would be that would be like Professor X level. Yeah, wild. totally. There was a that would be maddening. Jesus, there was an, I don't even want to think about it. There was another fun uh, theory that I think was very easily debunked, but before it was debunked, it would have been kind of neat. And that is that Getten, uh, kind of like the ice guy that was part of the League of Villains. Yeah. Or not League of yeah, Villains, the, but... Um, the one half of the ice guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the idea that that's Natsuo Todoroki, and, uh, you know, just another, like, Todoroki gone bad and wanting to, you know, take some vengeance out on old, dear old dad. But then when Getten gets arrested, Natsuo is just walking around freely, so, like, we know that that's not true. It was just kind of a fun theory. Yeah, I like uh, I like Getten. Um, I wonder if we'll see more of him like he played he went from being like almost like kind of a minor character to being a major general for like in the last episodes. like big war yeah. thing yeah so um i don't maybe his time is all played out now but uh perhaps I not. Hope not getting was kind of a cool villain i'd like to know more i would like for there to be more familial ties with him like it would be neat if he was related to uh mama todoroki you know mm-hmm. now that would make that I could see is him being related to um, by 
you know, by marriage, basically, yeah. um, you know, that he's like some, you know, distant cousin of Ray. That could make yeah, some for sense. Because sure. her family is um, known for their ice quirks. So, yeah. yeah. But that was all I had for today. Um, you know, just a couple of theories, a lot of them relatively loose, uh, but still fun to kind of poke around and just talk about. Yeah, it was fun. I was I was very curious about what I would be stepping into <laughs> for this. Episode. I think my favorite one is Bakugo going deaf. Honestly, <laughs> out of all of them, I'm like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I I like that one. I mean, a lot of these are very fun. Um, like you said, I would I would bet that if we go back and listen to episode. 42 i think that's what i said um that a lot of what we had pondered back then had has been answered by this time because that's we it's been a long time you know 90 episodes of ours is years oh yeah um, yeah <laughs> of yeah. time i bet i could look at the the like uh posting date of of that particular episode and know exactly how long ago it was but uh yeah it, it was uh it was uh let's see i'm, I'm pulling it up now Let's see. March 2nd of 2020. Oh, yeah. So, so it's been three years, basically. North of three yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so surely in that amount of time, some of the things that we had debated back then are, are definitively answered. And if if uh, the discussions in the discard are true uh, by any degree, then we're probably looking at one, two seasons left. Uh, the manga seems to be wrapping up uh, here shortly. And so not to say that all of these theories will be addressed um, and laid to rest because some of them exist where I don't think that they should. Totally. Um, and I, I pointed a couple of those out. Uh, but I, I think we'll see some bows on on uh, maybe some of these uh, in the next season or two, and, and that'll be fun, again, to, to see how accurate we were or were not Agreed. <laughs> over the course of the last three Agreed. years. Agreed. Well, man, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully the audience did as well. Uh, but otherwise, I think we're going to try and hop back into some of the uh, Smash volumes and have a couple more top tens of those coming down the pipe soon. Yes, Smash Volume 4 uh, is what we're going to tackle in two weeks' time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where we're going after that. Um, well, there's a Smash Volume 5, <laughs> so that's where we're going. Yeah, there is. <laughs> but yeah, then I think, uh, you know, to... Socks and Ties probably. Yeah, we man, we're really we're we're starting you know, to stare it down. That's hard. the thing, though. Like, if you go on YouTube and look around, there are people that like do. I think what do the kids call it these days? Drip, like your drip ratings. Yeah. And so, like, they'll yeah. rank like uh, clothing brands and stuff. We could just have a, a my hero drip <laughs> rating. God, that sounds so cringy to say out loud. <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of drip, I was uh, I was pondering just today about uh, Todoroki's original drip. Do you remember his like his like original... little like tassels that used to hang down or whatever? No, the thing where like he had the white jumpsuit and froze oh, the yeah. one half of his face and had the like Terminator and, like, the one eye. Red eye. Yeah, yeah. I still I I vacillate every day. I think about it. I'm like, did I like no. that? Do I no. want that to come that back? Awful. There's a reason he doesn't yeah, look like that anymore. Yeah, it really is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite bad. Oh, man, that's so funny. But, you know, now he's got five wieners. That's a drastic improvement over Terminator Eye. Uh, sure, like, I guess. Completely inexplicable <laughs> Terminator Eye is bested by five I gotta say, I really sure. liked uh, Midoriya's changeup in the end of the last season. He looked like, I mean, he was clearly tired, but... Like, I liked that uh, scarf and then, like, the really damaged uh, donkey head that we've always kind of poked fun at. I thought that <laughs> yeah. looked super dope. You know, speaking of Midoriya's drip during that arc, um, or or really before that when he was doing the uh, Dark Deku yeah. stuff, 
the rumor is that this this movie that has been announced, movie number four, is going to be uh, during that time. So we'll get to see uh, more of oh, that period cool. of time, which was criminally un uh, unfulfilled yeah. in the manga and the I anime. I wanted more of that. That like whatever that was, I liked it. That was cool. Like yeah, po- we're almost like post apocalyptic Midoriya. It was fun. Yeah. We're getting it. I'm curious what they do. Like, is it just going to be him taking out some more of the people that offer one cent after him? I'd be um, okay with that. Oh, I absolutely would be. I think that would be super fun. Um, but we we will wait and see. I don't think any kind of announcement date has been released for that movie or for season seven, besides the fact that they are going to exist at some future date. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're just we're just desperately clinging to my hero straws for content between now and then. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to get Ness on to talk about uh, the the Battle Royale the that's games. coming out yeah, soon. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, there are, some, that could there are be a handful of fun. games out there. Maybe we test play around some of them. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm surprised that there's not like a trading card game that really took off with uh, My Hero. Because I know that they are part of the Versus universes. universes, but like that game didn't really take off either as far as I can tell. It didn't. Which is a um, bummer because it's a but, cool concept. I just, I'd literally yeah, never what? see those cards anywhere. One of the listeners, we actually gave away some of her coasters, the yeah, Ashley yeah. XO, um, or Ashley Ashes, I think is XO. Anyway, um, she, in the Discord, was talk- we were talking about that card game, uh, that she said that it's kind of spinning off into its own thing. Oh, like cool. they've, you can still get some universes uh, cards, but I think she was explaining that it's going to be kind of separate from that and that you won't, going forward, be able to. Like they're going to be rebranded somehow such that you won't be able to play uh, you know, future content for that game against, for instance, a Scorpion deck in Universus um, from a Mortal Kombat. Um, but we'll have to see. I know that uh, Rappa cards are official now, and so I need to commission her for uh, a Rappa yeah, coaster. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's going to be dope. I keep waiting. Like, I've been waiting for that for so long, and they finally have come out with some, and, and she said that she should be able to get her, her hands on a couple nice. for me, so nice. I'm excited that's about awesome. that. That's awesome. Well, I think that'll bring us for a wrap for this week. Uh, but hopefully, like I said, you enjoyed the episode and we'll have some Smash content coming out for you here in a couple weeks. Yep, we'll see, see you guys ya. then.